0: Blessed Feast of Palm Sunday. Every Palm Sunday is a very, very special feast. Very, very special day in the church. But I personally feel that this this year is more special than any other year because we're able to come back to the church, because we've missed it. Because since the beginning of Lent, when the church started opening up more services and the liturgies, maybe once a week, one or two people would come up to me and ask me, Abuna, are we having Holy Week? Are we having church services? Is the church going to be open Holy Week? And that level of excitement was from everybody, young and old. And because there's this excitement, not only for, not only for to come to church and to be with our family, but also to be with our church family and to celebrate such a great feast. As we know, Palm Sunday is one of the major feasts of the church, major feasts of the church. And you can tell from the minute you got out of your car how decorated the church is, outside, inside, upstairs, downstairs, anywhere around the the whole facility because it's a celebration. And when we, I want us to go back 2,000 years ago, as much as we're celebrating today and we're happy today, 2,000 years ago, Palm Sunday was the greatest party ever. Think about how many people were in the streets? How many people were holding palms and chanting and screaming at the top of their lungs, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. And this chant, this cry out, was both of excitement, of praise to God, the king who finally entered into Jerusalem, the king that was there to save them, but it was also a cry of thank God you're here. Thank you for coming to save us. If you, if you pay attention to the hymns, we say Hosanna today about one million times. And every time we say it, we have to know what it means. And I want to give you a little secret. Any time in the English when you're reading the translation in English, and there's the word that's not an English word, like "pantocrator," right? Or Hosanna. These words are placed there for a reason, because they truly cannot be defined by just one word. It's more significant than just an easy translation. So when we say Hosanna, we have to understand that the meaning is to save us. Save us. But it's not only like this, just this casual word of save us. It's a very powerful word. Powerful word. That's why we couldn't just change it and, and and when the when the deacons are doing it in England, when the congregation is singing in English, we can't just say, save us, O King of David. We have to say Hosanna. Because Hosanna has a very deep meaning. Now, 2,000 years ago, the people were celebrating, and they all came with an expectation. They had an expectation. They're, they're surrounding, and if anybody's been to Jerusalem, there's many gates entering into the city. The city is kind of closed off with walls, but each side has a gate. And so he's entering into through the gate, to enter into Jerusalem. And he's riding on a donkey. I want you to picture this for a second. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody's screaming. They're not only, like, excited, but they're just like, okay, we're finally going to be saved. But saved from what? As we know, the Israelites, the Jewish people at the time, were in bondage from the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire had them, and they were basically in charge of them. There was, whatever they needed to do, they had to, so taxes, they would have to go through a tax collector. They didn't have their own freedom. They didn't have their own freedom. And so when we look at, when we look at something like, Hosanna, when we're screaming Hosanna, they're saying save us, their expectation is that Christ is going to be a king, he is a king, He's coming, this is the savior that we've been reading in all the prophecies, this is the savior that's coming to make us free, to make us free from Roman rule. He's finally going to save us. He's finally going to get us out of our situation. He's finally—he's going to overrule the government. He's going to come in with a sword. He's going to come in on a, on a horse. He's going to come in like with armor. And he's going to save us. So they're celebrating. That was their expectation. That's their expectation. What did we see happen? Our Lord came dressed very humbly. He came not on a horse, but on a donkey. He came, and He came to save them, not from the Roman Empire, but from something that's holding them even more in bondage, sin. He came to save them from sin. And this concept is very important for us, because what our expectation of God is, And what reality is, unfortunately, sometimes doesn't match. We look at God sometimes as our, for lack of a better word, Amazon gift uh, wish list. We, we, We want God, we say, God, please, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Please, God, please do this for me. Please, God, make this happen for me. And they're all good things. They're all good things. Please, God, help me with my exam. Help me in my job. Help me in my relationship. Help me with my friends. Help me anything. These are all good things. But if our expectation is for God to grant wishes, then our understanding of God is different. If our expectation of God for our king to come and just do whatever we want, then who truly is king? You think about in the world where there's a king, right? A king is in charge. A king makes all the major decisions. Everybody is serving the king. Whatever the king wants it gets done by the people. So when we look at the situation here, when we look at the king of of Israel, we look at Christ, we should be serving him. He should be telling us what to do, but instead we switch it. How many of our prayers are just listing things that we want? Listing things that we need? And just like the Gospel of Matthew says, your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He knows. The king knows. Should, does that mean, Abuna? we shouldn't ask? Of course we can ask. We ask because we have a relationship with the king. That's the beauty of our faith. That we're able to have a relationship with God. No other faith has that. In no other world can God become just like us and be relational that even allows us on the altar to partake of his body and blood. Our expectation of who God is, is very important. There's this understanding, if we look at God, if we look at God as a person who helps us get stuff done, gets our needs, gets our wants, then he's not our king then we're missing the point altogether. So what should be our expectation? What is the reality? What is the reality? The reality is that our king, that our God is here, yes, to save us. And yes, he wants us to live with him. And yes, he wants us to be with him. But he wants to save us from sin. He wants to save us from our situation. I used this example the other day with the high school youth. If I'm laying down, sitting down in my house, on my couch, do I need somebody to save me? No. I'm fine. But if I'm drowning... That's when I need somebody to save me. Now imagine we are drowning, but we don't know we're drowning. And so God came to save them, and they're like, wait a second. When are you going to, let's, you know, where, where are your swords? Where's your horse? This donkey's not going to get you to the Roman Empire. Where, where's, where's the, let's, let's, let's put our palms down and let's get our swords. And God's like, no, 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 no. The first thing he did was enter the temple to clean the temple. We look at what Christ did. It doesn't seem like it's a very uh, king type of action. He came in, entered, and cleansed the temple. Why would the king do that? Because the king is the king of our hearts. He came to transform us. He came... To remove our bondage, but the bondage of the sin that entraps us. We sometimes look at God as the God who's going to help us from our outward issues. And yes, He loves us so much that He will do that. But that's not what our focus should be. Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and all things shall be added. He didn't say forget everything else. No, no. All things will be added. But seek first the kingdom of God. When we look at what he did. He came in on a donkey. He cleansed the temple. And the king. every king has a throne. Every king has a castle. The castle is our hearts. The castle is our hearts, our inside. But even more than just that, when we look at where his throne is, if you look at what a king's throne is, you imagine these gold plated, like huge seats that everybody can see him from. Our Lord picked a different throne, he picked a cross a place where everybody can see him yes he's the king of the world but he transformed this idea of what a king should do the Israelites always had a desire for a king we look back they kept asking God we need a king we need a king to govern us we need a king to govern us the whole Old Testament God said okay fine you want a king? we'll get you a king they picked King Saul. King Saul was the definition of a, of a good king in the beginning. Very strong man, powerful, skilled fighter, skilled leader. He was ready to go. But then he fell off. He started making wrong decisions. He started getting further and further from God. And the people wanted somebody to fight Goliath, to fight this, fight that. So who did they send? Who, who was able to defeat? David. Again, the opposite of a fighter. The expectations were different. God's expectation, God's reality is different than our expectation. What, if, if you bring me Goliath in front of you, I would put ten deacons on top of each other to try to fight them. Right? But what God is saying, no. No. It's not a matter of what you think can defeat this problem. I'll show you. And he brought a little boy, but a boy that was after the heart of God. And that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we want to focus on this week. That this week is about what is our expectation of God? What is our expectation? Who is king in my life? I'm saying Hosanna, I'm saying save me, save me, save me. we said it a million times. What what are we saving from? We have to think about the sins that we're struggling with. We have to think about who God is in my life. Do I have a relationship with God, the king, the one that, am I going to let him into my temple to clean my heart? Am I going to let him into the temple to clean my heart? Or am I going to say, no, 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 no you can't come in here, you can't come in here. One time I was visiting somebody, this is years ago, and at the end of the prayer, we prayed on the water and they're like, Abuna, it's Fadda, like, you know, throw the water everywhere. So okay, so I'm going around and they're walking into each room and then we walked to a door and they said, You can't come in here. I said, Okay. And I kept going. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, Abuna. Like, it's just really messy. And I said, Okay, it doesn't matter. And the, but the idea of that is what are we hiding from God? What sins are we keeping from God that we're saying, No, 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 no. Sorry, God. Like, this one, I'll take care of it. This one's too embarrassing. This sin is too, it's too difficult. I can't stop this one. I don't want you to, don't change this one. I'm comfortable. Christ came straight as a king. Straight into Jerusalem. Save us, save us, save us. He said, okay. Okay, first thing, temple, den of thieves, out. Temple, clean. It needs to be clean. It can't be what it is now in order for us in order for us to truly celebrate this holy week we have to go through this last thing i'm going to say and i shared this the other day as well holy week holy week is an opportunity for us to be holy don't look at holy week as just really special days of course they're special days but they're special not because of the weekday. As we know, every year, Holy Week, this year is the end of April, it could be in the beginning of May, it could be at the end, middle of April, early April, it doesn't, it's not set. The day is not what's holy. The events of the day, yes, are very holy. But what we're looking at is, we're not here this year to attend. We're not attending this year. We're participating. We're here to participate, We're here to participate in Holy Week in order for me to be holy through the cross and through his resurrection. May we all have a blessed Holy Week this year and that we feel this transformation when we put him as our king and glory be to God forever. Amen.